Today, I want to share with you five things that your partner maybe doesn't know how to tell you. These five things that I'm going to share with you today come from the conversations that I've had with the men in my private practice, whether we're doing couples work or an individual session where we're talking about their relationships with their wives, their girlfriends, their partners. And through this work, I've seen these themes come up time and time again that I think if you are in a relationship with a man is going to be super useful and a bit enlightening for you to check in on today. You are listening to Bold as Love. I am your host, April Boyd. I'm a psychotherapist and coach. And this podcast is for those of us that want to be able to show up and speak up with more kindness, confidence, and courage, and to be able to set better boundaries with people without feeling like we're bulldozing anybody. This is where we take responsibility for our half of relationships without trying to clean up the mess on everybody else's side of the yard. So I thank you so much for being a part of these conversations with me. And I've been really wanting to do this podcast for a while because as I said, there's just been these themes that I hear come up time and time again. And I've been doing this work for a long time now. So I start to just notice these patterns. And what I realized is oftentimes when we're talking about um, a relationship between a female partner and a male partner, these themes would come up again and again and again. And oftentimes the wife or the partner would not really know this. She would not really necessarily be getting this information from her partner directly. So often our work would be one helping him to, you know, get clear on this stuff and understand what it is that's happening for him. And two, be able to share that with her and be able to share that with her in a way that she can hear it. So I'm going to help you skip through some of that hard work today and just share with you some of these things directly. And again, I just want to be transparent that this information is really coming from my conversations with the male clients that I've worked with. But if you are a woman in a same-sex relationship, some of this is going to resonate and be valuable to you too. I just want to be really uh, open about, you know, really the source of, of what I'm talking about. And I think it's important to talk about this to talk about the idea of the male experience through male-female relationships because what I've seen is there's as much as they have so much privilege, right? As much as there's, you know, a lot of benefits and power in that male stature, there's also some significant disadvantages. There's also some things that you know, where they've received their own cultural conditioning and own societal pressures of what parts of them are okay to express and not express. And so this also is, you know, often a part of what we're kind of navigating and reprogramming when we're doing something like couples therapy as an example, so that he can start to access this stuff and, and let her in on that. So that brings us to the first thing that I think your partner may not know how to express to you directly. He's been taught to be super self-reliant. 
In our society, and this is starting to change and I'm so happy for this, but in our society, really men are very much conditioned to the healthy model of masculinity is one that is always powerful and invulnerable. And the extension of that is they're often conditioned and taught to be incredibly independent and self-reliant. And how I see this play out in relationships is in a few different ways. So an example that comes to mind for me is I'm thinking about this lovely couple I was working with one time. And the wife was really hungry for a closer connection with him. She was really wanting to know him fundamentally a little bit more. And so what would happen is, you know, they would co-parent together, they would do all the things together, but for her, she could feel this distance that was sometimes in the room with them. And as we kind of move through this together, what this wonderful man was able to identify was that essentially he was carrying this belief that it was not okay to put any weight on his wife's shoulders. And so his wife would be saying to him, tell me about your hard day. Tell me about what you're struggling with. Tell me about what's real for you. Tell me about, you know, what it's like to be you (laughs) in this experience of, of life and work and parenting and all of that stuff. And he would essentially kind of just keep things locked up and be like, it was fine. And when it came to, you know, some of the human things that he was wrestling with, he would stuff that down and he would keep it away from her. And actually, as I think back on it, he would also start to inappropriately reach out to other women where he could be, where he would uh, get some of his needs for some of those connections met a little bit more. And and she was, of course, became aware of this, which was part of the reason why they were coming to see me. And so what he essentially would describe is that it was shocking to him that his wife truly wanted to hear about his fumblings, his stresses, his anxieties, his worries. And he had a hard time. It took a little bit of work for him to really see that that request was real for her. And not just real, but necessary. She needed to be able to connect with them. And in order for the relationship to be safe and protected, he needed to be able to do that with her, right? And what he would describe is that for him, the idea of turning to his wife and venting about all of his problems or asking for help or talking about where he was struggling essentially felt like he's taking the weight off of his shoulders and put it onto her. And he described this image of essentially kind of standing, you know, in, in water where the water's getting higher and higher. And he's trying to keep his head above water and he's trying to, you know, tread water and and swim in that moment so that he doesn't go under. And he described this idea feeling like there was bricks on his shoulders. And when he would hear his wife saying, tell me, let me in, 
share that with me. For him, it felt like he would be transferring the weight from him and onto her. And he did not want to do that to his wife because he loved her, because he adored her. He did not want to put that weight on his shoulders. And so when we look at this idea that in many ways, men have been taught to be so self-reliant that it can actually become a bit destructive. And so this is part of what we're navigating at times, that these times when it looks like they are shut down or removed or cut off, it might be, well, not a very effective way of doing it, it might very well be, in his mind, a way of actually protecting you in the relationship. And so part of the work that we did was him getting to really see and trust Yes, that's what she wanted from him, and that it was not going to make him appear weak or broken. And that was his fear. If I let her in on this, I'm going to look weak to her. She's going to look, she's going to lose respect for me. The man he wanted to be for her was so flawless that it would somehow kind of turn sideways, right? And, And create other problems. He was trying so hard to be powerful for her that it could be damaging. The next thing that I hear from partners, the male partners in my practice time and time again, they want you to tell them what to do. This one was a little bit hard for me to wrap my head around because... Again, especially as women, we're kind of taught not to be bossy. We're taught not to be too dominant and not to exercise power over somebody else. But what I would hear from men again and again and again was, just tell me what you want me to do. And the problem that sometimes happens or that I would often see happen is, as women, we think We're telling them what to do, but what we're actually doing is being really passive aggressive, right? So instead of saying, I need you to pick up our kid from daycare, it's at 4 p.m., that'd be great, thanks so much. What we do is kind of vent as in like, why am I the one that always has to do this? Why am I the one that always has to do X, Y, Z? And then they don't hear the message. They don't hear the request because what happens is, I'm going to go into the science of this a little bit. When we feel attacked, we go limbic. That fight or flight stress part of us kicks into gear and we can't really hear the rest of it. And so what I see sometimes happens is because oftentimes women are not really used to getting the message that it's okay to ask for what you want and it's okay to be really clear and direct we end up waiting and going without until we get so frustrated and mad that now we kind of blow up and it's coming out sideways, right? And we're angry at them. And all they hear is the anger. It blinds everything else that's part of your message. So consider what this might look like for you to just tell them what you want them to do. I would love it so much if you could take care of X, Y, Z by Sunday. That'd be really great. I would love that so much if you could do that for me. 
starting to kind of re... And if you have a guy that's kind of been shut down for a while, it's going to take a little bit for him to be able to really hear that request. But tell them what to do. Tell them what to do. The next thing is they want you to ease up and let it let them do it their way. So here's where I see that women sometimes sabotage their relationships and their own selves a lot. It's like you want your partner to be more supportive. You want more equality in the home. You want them picking up more of their fair share of the work. And when they jump in and do the thing, we tell them that they're doing it wrong. And I hear this from women time and time and time again, right? These kind of two prong complaints or issues. He doesn't do enough to help me out right? He somehow seems to think that this is all my job, which is not fair. And when he does it, he doesn't do it right. So step back and think about what that experience looks like, if that feels familiar to you, to your partner. Okay, you want me to do this thing? You want me to put away all the dishes? Cool, fine, I'll do that. Oh, but now you're going to come and tell me I put things in the wrong spot and tell me that I did it wrong, what's the chances that they're going to want to do it again? And so what happens is we actually train our partners to do less. We train them to under-function. So because we don't want to release that control. So consider this idea of easing up and letting them do it imperfectly. Because over time, you can start to build an easier partnership where you're maybe on the same page and doing things the same way a little more often, but you've got to start letting them in the door. Notice those moments, those tendencies, when you both have asked for what you want and then kind of punish them for doing it because that's what happens. And again, I have heard this from so many men in my practice that I've become convinced this is a phenomenon. This is a real thing. The next thing is they want more sex. (laughs) This is one of the things that maybe they've told you directly. Maybe they've not told you directly. But again, this comes up time and time again in my practice and in my conversations with men about their relationships with the ones that they love. They want more sex. Now you might think, be thinking, well, obviously, that's not a surprise. <laughs> but here's the important piece here. They want more sex, but not for the reason that you think they do. Again, we've kind of been sold this idea that men just want sex because they want sex. And it doesn't matter whether they're doing it with you, doing it by themselves, doing it in their own imaginations. Sex is sex to them. doesn't matter. So then it's not really about connecting with you. It's just about them getting this physical need met. And while there might be times that that's true and certain guys that that's true with, What I have heard from men so many times now that has truly convinced me, they want the physical touch with you because that is when they feel loved. 
That is when they feel like they're important to you. That is when they feel like they matter to you. So what I see happen a lot of times for the couples I work with is that for her, it kind of just looks like he's trying to scratch a physical itch. He's just trying to get this physical need met. It's not really about me, but it is. It really is. And so what I see is couples often kind of get into this cycle where she's not really feeling loved, so she doesn't want to connect physically. He's not feeling loved because they're not connecting physically, and then he's less willing to do the things that make her feel loved. And it goes around and around in this kind of chicken and egg scenario that just gets worse and worse. So I'm not at all suggesting that you should do something that you're not comfortable doing with your partner, but see if you can see the next time that they're reaching for you, the next time that they're inviting you to be close to them in this way, this might be the bridge for them of when they get to feel most loved by you. And again, uh, this uh, quote from Glennon Doyle comes up for me as I think about this because she talks about how this mismatch that often happens in relationships between men and women where we kind of live in our heads. So we want to connect with the guys at that level. Talk to me, plan with me, share with me, give me the information, right? Let's connect verbally by talking. They don't live there. They live in their bodies. That's essentially what society has kind of done is they've like shrunk them that the only place that they're really allowed to connect is not with their touchy-feely emotions. It's that they're allowed to connect through sex. That becomes the socially acceptable way for men to seek out all of their intimacy needs, all of their closeness needs, all of their needs for human connection. And how sad is that, right? And so if it feels like your partner's kind of always chasing you down for sex, (laughs) consider asking him about this. Consider asking him about, and even sharing with him, what I've just shared in this podcast about what other men have shared with me. This might be when he feels most loved by you. And number five, the last thing is they need to feel appreciated. This is such a core, deep, primal need. Women need to feel loved and cherished and adored. Men need to feel appreciated. I see that you see what I do for you. I see that you see how hard I work. And again, one of the examples that comes to mind is, and again, I've heard you know so many versions of this over and over again, but that for him, he's like, I go and I work hard all day. I do this, I do that. And she's like, yeah, but like you'd have to pay your own bills anyways. If you were a bachelor living on your own, you'd still have to go to work and bring home a paycheck. Like, how does this have anything to do with me? And in his mind, he does this for her. That's how men have been conditioned to think of this idea of themselves as providers and caretakers. This is how I take care of my woman by going to my job every day, where we're like, we go to work because we go to work, (laughs) right? Oftentimes for men, he's like, I go to work because I love my woman. 
Again, this is not stuff that intuitively makes sense to me, but this is stuff I've heard from men so often, I've taken it in. I've considered that this is often true for them. Not always, right? This is not about generalizing, but these are just about some themes and patterns that I've seen. They need to feel appreciated. And in the times when I'm talking to someone or a couple where the man has gone, the man has gone and cheated on her, what I often hear as I kind of dig into what that was about for him, more times than not, not always, but more times than not is she made me feel appreciated. She made me feel valuable. And that was kind of hard to hear in some ways, right? We kind of say again that men just go and sleep because sleep with other people because like, you know, they just do that. They feel entitled to do that. It's just physical, whatever that is. But really what I would often see is this very tender, wounded human need. doesn't mean that the cheating's okay, but when we can look at how do we meet our partner's needs for appreciation, I see what you do for me. I value the effort you put in whatever that effort is. And sometimes it's hard to see that because we get into these patterns where we've kind of become polarized from each other. So it looks like he's not really doing anything or contributing anything at times. But really see if you can start to just retell that old story. See if you can start to show and express appreciation for the times when you do see him doing something for you. So I would love to know which of these stood out the most to you, which one of these hit home. And again, none of this is ever intended to replace individual therapy or individual coaching work. These are just really some education and information that I'm sharing with you because it's things that I love to talk about and I really believe make such a difference in our lives. If these kinds of conversations feel fun and interesting to you, you should consider coming to the Boldest Love Bootcamp. It's starting in January. It's going to be an intimate circle of women who are talking about our lives, our edges of growth, how we're moving out of our comfort zones, and how we're really moving through connection, conversation, our own evolution with more intentionality and courage and authenticity. So I'm going to put the information for that in the show notes. You should check it out. DM me if you have questions. I'm at with love April on Instagram and aprilboyd.ca. All right. Take care. Bye.